Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. So we are just one week away and I am so excited. I don't mind telling you when it comes to Christmas, I am just a big kid. I love it. The presents, the family games, the food. Ah, the food. I love the food. My wife's chocolate roulade and the Marks and Spencer's Christmas pudding and the salted peanuts and cashew nuts and especially the bubble and squeak on Boxing Day. I love the lights and the tinsel and the excitement and nativity plays and... As a vicar, I can tell you I've seen more than my fair share of nativity plays. I think of one in a local infant school that I uh, saw when I was first ordained. The place was full of parents, all sitting with knees wrapped around their chins. That's what you have to do when you're sitting on infant-sized chairs, and they're very closely packed together. So with us all sitting uncomfortably, the production began. Enter Mary and Joseph onto the tiny stage, looking for a place to give birth to the cushion stuffed up Mary's jumper. As they walked on stage, Mary knew they ought to hold hands, but five-year-old Joseph was having none of it. After wandering around for a little while, they were eventually led by the innkeeper to a place centre stage. Mary, Joseph and the cushion, which quite miraculously had turned into the baby Jesus. And there it was, a picture of family bliss. Enter the shepherds. Shepherds looking remarkably like Saudi princes, the tea towels wrapped around their heads. Shepherds in place, and on came the kings, three of them bearing gifts and all concentrating hard on their, on their lines. I bring you gold, I bring you myrrh, I bring you frankincense. Well, with the kings having safely negotiated their lines, attention turns to the angels who are about to make their dramatic entrance. Meanwhile, one of the kings has just noticed his mum in the audience and waves furiously at her. <laughs> and then the angels piled on. Now, the Bible tells us that a great company of the heavenly host appeared. And I reckon this huge crowd of the earthly, white-sheeted, child-sized urchins may have outnumbered the original heavenly hosts. As the angels piled on, a shepherd, blissfully unaware of everything going on around him, could be seen picking his nose. (laughs) And so the scene was complete. A great multitude of children on a very small stage. But by now, Mary, who was convinced she was the star of the show, Mary was getting squeezed out. And so in one priceless moment, as Mary jostled for position, she shoved the baby Jesus off backstage and to free her hands to push herself to get forward front of stage at last. It was a poignant moment because it perfectly illustrated one huge danger for us. In all the hustle and bustle of all that's going on at this time of the year, it is very, very easy to push the real reason for Christmas out of the picture. To be so caught up with everything else going on around us that we simply forget Jesus. It's easily done. And I guess that's why you've come to this service this evening. Uh, To be sure not to cut Jesus out of the equation. Well, that's brilliant. And we're so pleased you're here. Thanks very much for coming. And so to help us focus on the real reason for the season... Let's spend these moments reflecting on what is at the heart of the Christmas message. I've uh, taken as my text this evening words from Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Uh, It's one verse that we had read earlier for us, and one verse that is printed on all Royal Mail second-class stamps this Christmas. And so every time you see a second-class stamp this Christmas, you can think of the words of the messenger spoke, uh, the words the messenger spoke to Joseph You could call them the royal mail from God. The messenger said these words, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people 
from their sins. Now, I reckon it's very easy to miss the most important part of that sentence. You're to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's the big point of Christmas. But it's so easy to miss. Uh, In December 1903, the Wright brothers finally managed to get their flying machine to take off just for a short while. They'd had many unsuccessful attempts to get their contraption airborne, and so naturally they were thrilled to, to get their flying machine in the air, so thrilled that they telegraphed this message to their sister Catherine. We have actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Catherine, their sister, hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and showed him the telegram. The editor glanced at it and said, how nice, the boys will be home for Christmas. He totally missed the big news. The boys, the the Wright brothers, had got an aeroplane to fly, a step that would change the world, revolutionise our lives, but the editor had missed the point. The boys will be home for Christmas. Now, I reckon it's very easy to do exactly the same with the momentous news that the messenger announced that very first Christmas time. The messenger said, Mary will give birth to a son. And that is so often where we stop. Because, of course, everyone loves a baby. And my brother and sister-in-law have had their first baby in August. It's great news. And we're going to have great fun when they arrive with us on Boxing Day. And for sure, little Jemima is going to be centre stage. We're going to love having her. We love the baby. But when it comes to Christmas, while the news of the baby was momentous, it's not the most important part of the sentence. The messenger said, Mary will give birth to a son, but here's the really big news. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. That's what's so exciting about Christmas. Not just that God sent us a baby, but that that baby would be a saviour of the world. Christmas is not just about a baby, but about a saviour. And boy, how our world needs saving Read the newspapers, watch the television television news. It's all pretty gloomy. Economic meltdown, global warming, terrorism, wars. Uh, Earlier in the year, the Japanese tsunami. Just uh, yesterday, floods in the Philippines. On a global scale, there's little question we need a saviour. And it's true on a personal level too. Here in this church family in these last weeks, a number of people have been devastated by sudden and tragic deaths in their family. Others have had the shattering news of terminal illness that has been broken to them in these last weeks. Look, as someone whose mum died earlier in the year from cancer, I feel the pain of these dear people. We live in a world that needs a saviour. We need a solution to the sadness in our world. And you know, sometimes it's only when tragedy strikes that we realise we need Jesus. But whether we're feeling the agony of the world or not, whether we find ourselves distressed by the global issues in the world or not, whether we're facing personal heartache or not, the good news of a saviour is something we all need to hear. Again, listen to the words of the messenger. You are to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You see, it's personal. It's our sin that is the problem. Now, what the little girl Mary did in that nativity play is just a little picture of what we all do, not just at Christmas, but all year round. We push Jesus out and we push ourselves forward. And that is a very serious problem. To cut Jesus Christ out of the equation leaves us in a very real predicament. For if this baby really is, as the messenger announced to Joseph, God with us, well, then to push him out of our lives is a very serious thing indeed. 
Uh, since my mum died earlier in the year, my brother and I have been uh, clearing out the family home. And while we've been doing that, we've we found dozens of photo albums, many of them full of, of pictures of us and of our children. Uh, and it's been great looking through them. It's been really quite cathartic to do that. They've brought back so many happy memories for us. One picture that did just that was a, a picture of our twin girls when they were, I guess, about three years old. They were sitting in the dining table with chocolate all over their faces with a great big grin on their face. And they always got lots of chocolate when they went to grandma and granddad's. And seeing that picture of them sitting there at table reminded me of one occasion when we were at grandma and granddad's house trying to teach them some manners. That is our girls, not grandma and granddad. We were trying to teach them, get them into the habit of saying uh, please and thank you. Uh, And while we were eating our tea, one of the girls said to grandma, pass the tomato sauce, grandma. And before grandma could move, I said, hang on, what should you say to grandma? Pass the tomato sauce. And so she piped up, grandma, pass the tomato sauce now. Oh, the other one wasn't much better. When she failed to say thank you on one occasion, I said, and what's the magic word? And she said, abracadabra. <laughs> well, eight years on, we continue to persevere when it comes to our children saying their P's and Q's because saying please and thank you is just polite. It's just good manners. We don't like it when people don't say thank you. Yet how often do we forget to say thank you to God? And just think of all the things we'll enjoy this Christmas. Food, family, fun, friends... And not only at Christmas, all year round, the living God gives us so much. And every breath we take comes from him. He gives us life itself. And yet we forget to say thank you. And that's really very rude. And it just goes to show you at the most basic level, we we cut him out of our lives. Just as five-year-old Mary did, pushing him to the back of the stage while we push ourselves forward. And that's why we need a saviour. I wonder if you find it as hard as me to find just the right present for the one you love. Uh, often I, I, I'm, I'm lost for ideas and I think of nothing more imaginative than, uh, than, than a DVD. Well, it seems everybody likes a DVD at Christmas. Well, just imagine that this Christmas you had a DVD of your entire life so far. This is your life on DVD. Uh, and just imagine that recorded on here are not only the things you've said and done, but, but everything you've ever thought as well. A DVD of your life, not the edited highlights, the whole lot, warts and all. Well, no doubt there'd be, there'd be much to celebrate. No doubt there'd be bits that if you put it into the, the recorder and you showed it to everyone else, you'd say, I like this bit, watch this bit. And loving relationships, great achievements, acts of kindness, moments of generosity and selflessness, perhaps a flourishing career. All that would be great. But I don't know how you feel about it, but I've got to say that if this was the DVD of my life... There'd be plenty of things that I'd be horribly embarrassed about. If this had on it all the things I've said and done that I regret, all the things I should have done, the people I should have helped, every moment of every day recorded on here, well, honestly, there'd be some things that I'd be mortified at the thought of anyone else seeing, things that are buried so deep inside that no one else knows about, the skeletons in my cupboard... Well, I don't know about you, but if this was the DVD of my life, I'd be sunk, frankly. And if you saw it, you'd know that I'm far more wicked than I care to admit. Far more sinful, if I can use that word. Far more sinful than I usually led on. See, here's why we need a saviour. Call him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. 
Now, I, I love getting a box of chocolate for, chocolates for Christmas. Here's one I was given uh, a year or two back, a, a box of, of black magic. I've eaten the chocolates, you'll be pleased to hear, but I, I kept the box because as you open the lid, it says these words inside. We all have dark secrets. You see, it's the, uh, the dark secrets tucked inside, away from view. That's why we need Jesus, because he can save his people from their sins. And to have to stand before God with this one day, well, that would be a terrible thing. But I don't have to. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That's why I think Christmas is such a brilliant time, because even though I don't deserve it, God sent his one and only son into the world to save me from my sin. That is why, that's why it's a mistake to stop at the announcement of the baby. Christmas is not just about a baby. Oh, it is about the baby. The baby who was called Jesus. The baby who was sent all the way from heaven to earth to come into this world to grow up to be a man, to live a perfect life, the life that you and I cannot live, and then to die, to, to die a death that would save his people from their sins, to restore our relationship with God for all the times we've pushed him out. There's a gravestone in, in, in our graveyard. It, it marks the resting place for, of a man called Frederick Dyson. And the tombstone is visible um, on the path as you walk up from the forward road, just on the left-hand side, if when it's light you want to have a look at it, just on the left-hand side as you come in. And it tells of the sacrificial death of Frederick Dyson, who drowned while saving a friend at Cross Pool. He gave his life to save another. Now, what Frederick Dyson did for one friend. He's just a little picture, just a tiny picture of what Jesus did for all who've pushed him to one side. He died to take the punishment we deserve for pushing God out of our lives. He died to take the punishment for all the bits on the DVD that we know are wrong. And here's the thing. He loves you so much. He loves you and me so much that he died for us even though we don't live for him. Isn't that wonderful? Christmas is about a great rescue mission. A mission launched and masterminded by the living God to send a saviour into the world, to save us from the dreadful prospect of standing before God with our DVD. God sent a saviour, his name, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And as we close, that's a crucial part of the messenger's explanation of Christmas. He will save his people, from their sins. And so to take the gift, to benefit from the rescue, we have to become one of his people. Now, somebody told me last week that 20% of gift cards, you know, those things we buy when we're not sure what else to to buy for people for Christmas, 20% of gift cards brought at Christmas never get redeemed, never get cashed in. Isn't that remarkable? Now, with a gift card, the money's been handed over, the price has been paid... All I have to do is go into the shop and and get the goods and hand over the gift card and they're mine. It's foolish if you don't cash it in. But it's the same with the rescue that Jesus offers. He died to save us from our sins, but, but we have to cash in the gift card, as it were. And so let me encourage you to come back in the new year and to... Come along to our Christianity Explored course. It's a, it's a great place to learn more about Jesus, uh, who he is, what he came to do, what it means to follow him. Uh, you have the details of the Christianity Explored course on a, on a leaflet like this. Uh, uh, we, we've tucked one inside the service order that you were given on the way in. Everyone should have one. Would you treat it as a, as a gift card? 
uh, as our gift to you this Christmas, a way to, to, as it were, cash in on the gift that God gave to you on that very first Christmas. In the new year, come back to Christianity Explored. Come for just one week and see if you like it. It won't cost you anything. You could gain everything. Come and discover more about the one who was called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins.